Don't worry. I got you. I said, I'm not doing that because I knew. Well, this is uh, an evening of my life wasted. <laughs> I, have to I said that was self preservation. Don't you act like you're doing that for either one of us. No, <laughs> you didn't I mean, want to I do that like, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like chit chatting with my friends. Uh, but mm. I also like to get the material in. I like to know, like, we did our mm. what, uh, Type 20, uh, Hyros Type 5, and then we, yep. we mm. you know, extrapolate on that. Uh, I hope you have notes. I have nothing up for Reservoir Dogs, because I've seen this hundreds of times. I have one okay. note. One note I made. Hit us. Reservoir right Dogs. Who was better looking in 1992? Who was the better looking Madsen? Michael or Virginia? That's it. You kids shouldn't play so rough. Somebody's going to start crying. It's the blood. Kicking me. What happened to you? Figured you were dead. Hey, you okay? Did you see what happened to Blue? We didn't know what happened to you and Blue. That's what we were wondering about. What? Come on, man. Look, Brown is dead. Orange got it in the belly. He's Enough! Still alive. Enough! You better start talking, asshole. Because we got shit we need to talk about. We're already freaked out. We need you acting freaky like we need a fucking bag on our hip. Okay, let's talk. We think we got a rat in the house. I guarantee we got a rat in the house. What makes you say that? Is that supposed to be funny? Look, we think this place ain't safe. This place just ain't security anymore. We're leaving. You should go with us. Nobody's going anywhere. Piss on this fucking turd. We're out of here. Don't take another step, Mr. White. Fuck you, maniac! It's your fucking fault we're in this trouble! What's this guy's problem? What's my problem? Yeah, I got a fucking problem. I got a big fucking problem. With any trick you have a madman, almost gets me shot. What the fuck are you talking about? That fucking shooting spree! In the store, remember? Oh, fuck him. They set off the alarm. They deserve what they got. You almost killed me! I know what kind of guy you were. I never would have agreed to work with you. <clears throat> are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? What was that? I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. Would you repeat it? Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Well, he's a very handsome man. Obviously, I it's mean, Virginia Madsen because of the uh, probably the sexual, <laughs> sexual orientation. Yeah, so it's a little bit unfair. <laughs> yeah, the chest eggs. But yeah, um, trying to I'm trying to make sure I'm not going to interview with a vampire here for for Jared's sensibilities. <laughs> you don't want to be out of this homosexual. Uh, I think that would be false advertising on my part. Like if I. If I actually was, okay, yeah, uh, no, but okay. much like having, I guess, female guests on the show ends up just being a waste of fucking time, and I'm just going to have to re-record. <laughs> you know, Damn! The advances. <laughs> Damn. Hey! <laughs> a movie about 
homosexual activity in a gay mm, Mexican prison. Um, which is why, you know, Reservoir Dogs is so comfortable for me. There's no, I guess there's no women at all, except one being, what, tossed out of driver's side window, you know, so Mr. Pink can live. Can't <laughs> one question. shot in the chest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's one discussed at the very beginning of the movie, you know, about, you know, how much she likes it. All right. Yeah, let's get to that. Stretched. I'll answer your question. Torn, maybe? Michael Madsen is probably better looking than Virginia Madsen in their respective genders, I'd say. Because I think it's harder to be like a beautiful man than a beautiful woman, especially, you know, corking the bat when her assets that she's bringing to the table. I don't think he's particularly jacked or anything, but uh, Quentin Tarantino had to be in love with Mr. Blonde. The way he shot is just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I've got like an actual movie star handsome guy, which is why it's interesting that I guess he's the least uh, successful of the, I guess, the codenamed characters here, the ones that count. I don't know if you count Mr. Blue, because he's only in the sequence talking about Madonna's Like a Virgin, but... Right. I mean, you're not counting, like, Chris Penn. Or, I, that's my one note, or... Hiro. So, I, you know, you started with who's sexier. Um, <laughs> you know, Michael Madsen or Virginia Madsen, so that's a nice preview of our Candyman episode where we talk about her acting abilities. Jared knows I loved Reservoir Dogs when I was a kid. If you're, uh, you know, a teenager, because I, I came to it late. I was not watching it like how I was watching Juice on dates. You know, it was post-Pulp Fiction where I, I came to this, you know, who's this Tarantino guy? Still was probably too young to be watching Pulp Fiction, but whatever. And at the time... Did your mom take you to that or something? She actually took me to the movies to see Pulp Fiction, and it wasn't like mm. she was caught unaware. She had already seen it a couple of times, and she's like, you gotta see this movie, kid. <laughs> You'll so love she it! She knew exactly <laughs> what she was taking me to see. So, it's like yeah. your dad and Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you watch Taxi Driver when you're like six years old. I, uh... <laughs> I have often wondered, looking back, was I like some sort of? Did they sign me up for some sort of experiment, where they're like, if you expose your child <laughs> to certain content, like how will it shape them? You remember that know. scene from A Clockwork Orange? Whenever they tried to de- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you say if you if you expose your child to all this like movie making content, these art house films, he will grow up to make shitty podcasts. <laughs> you know, you say shitty, but we did a show called Marcus Played, where that was the hook that we listened to other podcasts. Every week we did it, Jared. Yep. Uh, which wasn't on a weekly basis. I mean, we had to take long breaks. Made you appreciate what you got, huh? Made me appreciate me. I'm like, God damn, I'm so <laughs> fucking good, and everyone else fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the benefit you of that. You talk about stroking your own ego. Wow. Hey, let me, this field, this hobby I enjoy, let me shine a light on everyone else that's mm-hmm. doing it with me, this community. Oh, wait. Holy You only need shit. my podcast. <laughs> so as Hyro knows, I'll just make seven or eight of them, because I want to listen to me. Every day of the week. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, as a kid, I uh, probably liked Mr. Orange, um, Mr. White, Mr. Pink. You know, I don't know. At, at various points, like one's a badass, one's funny, one's the, like, you know, hero, I guess, if you say the man who's betraying all the other characters of the hero, the cop. I know film Twitter would say no, that this evil cop got what he deserved. But now, Hiro, this is the one new take I have on Rise for Dogs. That's why I was worried about covering this is what what else are we going to have to say that, you know, any other much shittier movie podcast haven't. Nice Guy Eddie is by far my favorite character. As I'm staring down 40, I'm like, this is the cool character. This is the one mm-hmm. his friend gets out of prison and doesn't rat on him or his father. And he immediately starts wrestling with him and then gay bashing him 
for, as he says, attempting to rape him, and then starts making fun of his prison sentence, saying that he's had uh, too much prison sex, and that's why, like, he's... It's coming out of mm-hmm. his mouth. So much... Let's specify, he's got so much black cum in his ass <laughs> that it's coming out of his mouth. Yeah, and it's messing with his brain somewhere in there. Like, he's, you know, he, he can't think straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hiro, thank you for uh, for proving Very my point. Of, like, I'll tell you who I like now, that character. Just an ungrateful <laughs> shitbag. Piece of shit. <laughs> All that being Makes said. Makes fun of you getting prison raped for four years. <laughs> I mean, is it an inaccurate read of how I would respond if, you know. I say, of- <laughs> any one of us, the first day you're out, you're walking kind of funny, buddy. <laughs> Come and pick you up. Oh, I brought you a hemorrhoid donut sit on. <laughs> Oh God! Hiro did lead it. with uh, who's prettier, this man or this woman, and then he immediately knew, like, you're afraid of sounding gay, aren't you, Mike? You don't want to answer <laughs> this, Mister. I have to dress up my traps a little mm. better than. <laughs> hey, what is this? What is... He's not subtle, uh, you know. We send a lot of mixed signals on this yeah. podcast. We do. That's how. <laughs> uh, yeah, contain multitudes and all that. I will say this. Um, Kevin Smith movies, like I think, are they're not similar in genre, but they're very writerly as a Tarantino movie. Where I think some actors can't handle the the cadence, the dialogue, and I think that's yeah. that's true. I think Tarantino gets probably a better quality of actor, where Kevin Smith most, mostly just seems to cast people that he likes or wants to hang out with. But I do think that Chris Penn, who I believe passed away years ago, R.I.P. He did. I think he's he actually did. the most natural. And I think Tim Roth may be the weakest length as far as delivering these pages of Tarantino-esque dialogue. I think Chris Pennant sounds totally like it's his own thoughts. It's that guy is that much of an overbearing ass. What the fuck happened? Slash the cops. Please, God, the serum was going to burn him alive. What? I didn't hear you. I said... Fly away crazy. Smash the cop's face. Cut off his ear. It's gonna burn him alive. This cop? No. He went crazy? Something like that? Worse or better? Eddie was pulling a burn, man. He was gonna kill the cop and me. When you guys walked through the door, he was gonna blow you to hell and make out for the diamonds. What I tell you? That sick piece of shit. Was a stone cold psycho. You can't ask the cop if he didn't just kill him. Talk about what he was gonna do when he was slicing him up. I don't buy it. Doesn't make sense. Makes perfect fucking sense to me. You weren't there during the job, Betty. You didn't see how he acted. We did. Right about the ear, it's hacked off. All right, let me just say this out loud. Because I want to get this straight in my head. You're saying that Mr. Blonde was going to kill you, and then when we got back, he was going to kill us, take the satchel of diamonds, and scram. I'm right about that, right? That's correct. That's your story? I swear on my mother's eternal soul is what happened. The man you just killed just got released from prison. He got caught at a company warehouse full of hot items. He could have fucking walked. All he had to do was say my dad's name, but he didn't. He kept his fucking mouth shut. And he did his fucking time, and he did it like a man. 
He did four years for us. So, Mr. Arch, you're telling me that this very good friend of mine who did four years for my father, who in four years never made a deal no matter what they dangled in front of them. You're telling me that now that this man is free and we're making good on our commitment to him, he's just going to decide out of the fucking blue to rip us off? Because what he's saying makes fucking sense. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. the whole point where he he goes on the explanation as to, like, why the accusations on Mr. Blonde about stealing are such bullshit. And he tells him with, like, in the way one of us would tell it, right? Like, amongst the group of, like, it, with such disdain and vigor. He's like, wait, hold on. He's got blood on his face. He shot the cop. He's like, you're going to fucking tell me that this guy who just did all this stuff is now going to rob us blind after we've taken care of him? It's you know, very the way stylized he sells, dialogue sells delivered is, in a strangely yeah. natural way, and not many adults can do that. So that's, yes. that's my only takeaway watching yeah. this for the you know 200th time now. I was like, man, Chris Penn was really good in this. Nice guy, Eddie. That's my new note. <laughs> How about you, Jared? That's, a, that's your one note? <laughs> he was awesome. He's the hero. I think that... Uh, the way that you look at Tim Roth is the way that I look at Harvey Keitel in this version. Well, this this viewing, like huh, a, a lot of his lines just don't sound mm. a little. I mean, they sound a little awkward. Jared's being it, bold the way here. He, he says like things. He's, he's taking on the <laughs> Titan. He's taking Harvey Keitel in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like. I don't believe that he's this like hard. I mean, he's played hard asses before, obviously, but in this particular version, I think you probably hit the nail on the head for me as far as like, I don't know if he can handle like <laughs> this particular, mm. like the, the, the depth and the speed that he has to deliver this stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe you're right. Hiro, your thoughts. Well, hold on. Like Tarantino, do you think he course corrected? I'll, I'll pass it to Hiro. Cause when he casts Kaitel again, when he gets, you know, the band back together, he's Mr. Wolf. So he's like the stoic cool guy. Doesn't have to emote. Doesn't have to like be buddy buddy. I, I've never seen Harvey Keitel as someone that can be just like one of the guys, like one of the bros shooting the shit. And you know, he's just no Chris Penn, basically, when he's telling that great story. <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying to think about. I'm trying to think about Keitel, even like going back to something like a uh, uh, Mean Streets, right? Like he's there. I think he's at his most simplest, where he's just the kind of the, the conflicted guy. But he. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even then. De Niro's the one wanting to party. Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's, what is he like, Johnny Boy or whatever the hell his name was? He's just yeah, like he's, in, he's introduced what setting off like firecrackers and trash cans. Like he's just a maniac in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Who do you want to shit on? Yeah, Hyrule? we've we've started with hey, this is a classic. <laughs> Who can we recast? Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I say we we're we're too concerned with being positive about it, so we're just yeah. gonna take turns shitting on parts of it. Honestly, Tim Roth is probably okay. the worst. I mean, his and it's just because of the accent. He's like a British dude, right? Kind of he's seems not like it bad. Fades he's in just and out and yeah, the the accent fades in and out. So you know, I mean, but it's not the only thing about that is bad is his accent. But other than that, I mean, he's he's solid. He's good. You know, he's. Doing what he has to do. Uh, Lawrence Tierney as a Joe. Fantastic. That's awesome. You know, that would be the part that Harvey Keitel could play uh, with excellence if he was the appropriate age. But he would have to get 
a lot uglier, I guess. I don't. He'd have to just naturally be look like look like an old man, like an ancient old man. I know that he is younger than whoever it was that played Mister Blue, but he has this like aura and uh, way about him that it's like he's fatherly amongst all of these uh, thieves. Where it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it like like Chris Penn feels like one of the dudes. Harvey Keitel does not feel like one of the dudes to me. Like Lawrence Tierney, like as Joe, he's extremely hard on them. But he, like, like you're saying, he's like a parent <laughs> where you were like, you let your kids kind of slap at you. You know what I mean? Like a little bit. You you let the kids kind of play. You, you know, you know their kids. But when it's time to reel them in, you got to reel them in. And he like he I've, walks that uh, line. Be agitated, having to yell at you guys. <laughs> I've. Uh... I've uh, been very withholding. As many times as Hyro has tried to goad me into uh, playing the sequence from A Few Good Men, where Jack Nicholson <laughs> drops a gay slur in Tom Cruise's direction, and you've mentioned it on like three or four episodes that have nothing to do with A Few Good Men. Because you threatened um, it. Let's see it, man, homie. Let's pull, pull the dick out. Let's I think see I, may it. To, I may have to... I may have to... To do it for Reservoir Dogs, uh, because that's, it's a great sequence where you're talking about the uh, the parental... Uh, the paternal nature of Joe here when Mr. Pink does mm. not want to be Mr. Pink. He fires back. <laughs> like um, he goes for the nuclear option immediately before he says you can't. Nope. You yeah. have another color. <laughs> also, I did catch myself when I was introducing this, like as the colors, as I said, code name colors, because I didn't want to say the, Let's see, colored characters here because mm-hmm. I was like, God, now because Tarantino's had his own problems. I mean, he drops in words left <laughs> and right in his scripts, but uh, mm-hmm. this one, um, I won't say this one's the most racist, but the, you could probably attack this one more than his other films and say Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction because there's not. Well, there's there's chain. there's not any you know black <laughs> there's, faces. There's a lot more contextual. Yeah, there's just a bunch of white dudes saying it. There's a lot more context. Yeah, whereas uh, the the one black character we have here is you know he's cool he's the uh like the jedi master trying to train mr orange on how to be an undercover cop and tell this funny anecdote um right i did read a long time ago samuel jackson uh auditioned for that part multiple times and they basically kept telling him like yeah yeah you're the guy and they went with this dude who i i randy brooks what is his name un unremarkable (laughs) randy brooks Brooks, okay as holdaway yeah, uh, Wikipedia doesn't even give him a picture or anything. So, oh, he's got a uh, well. I guess uh, IMDb gives him a picture. Um, yeah, he was in an episode of Nash Bridges. Okay, so Tarantino missed on that, <laughs> and uh, it wouldn't bother Hyro <laughs> yeah. because when we did our episode on Patriot Games, he said Sam Jackson is like the most effeminate uh, man that's ever graced the screen, <laughs> and no one would be intimidated by him. But never. Um, he caught, I think, Tarantino at the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, Tarantino was sort of shooting grin. Was like, "Hey, what do you think of the guy that you know played the part that you didn't get?" And I guess Sam Jackson just like cussed him out right to his face and started like badgering him and screaming at him. So, you know, unlike Hiro, he cowed to the manliness of Sam Jackson, and we ended up getting Jules Winfield out of it. Thank God it wasn't Hiro that you know be like, "Why is this?" Why is this non-threatening individual? Thank God I wasn't mm-hmm. the casting agent. I don't yeah. believe him at all. He doesn't scare me. Not a whit. <laughs> scream in your face, Haro. <laughs> you let him scream in your face. I slap him. 
<laughs> I give him a good one. <laughs> Slap Sam Jackson in the face. I think I could fight him. That's always good. <laughs> this is where we need a we need a checkup on the on the vitals on the bio here. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm looking up height weight. Immediately, how big how big is Sam Jackson? You hear my keyboard going as well. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson, Golden Gloves. <laughs> Born in 1948. You know what I mean? I, all right, I'm starting good here. I'm, I'm all right. Six yeah, two. Oh no, Hiro. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm big enough. I'm tall. Remember, it is weird. Tall. Don't call me short. goddammit. it! I Google Samuel L. Jackson height, weight, and you know the first thing is healthycelebcom which has him at uh, six foot two and a half. Um, but if you go down underneath that, it says people who ask this question: Did Samuel Jackson lose weight? I guess Hiro is very interested in that. How tall is Samuel Jackson? Third question: What disease does Sam Jackson have? <laughs> it seems pretty racist, even to me. <laughs> You're just gonna assume. yeah. I don't. I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I'm not up to date on my Sam Jackson news, but Tourette's. yeah, I, did, I didn't know that's what he was. Uh, com- <laughs> Tourette's. Underneath that, Jared Moore, uh, you know, something in your Google search history: Does Samuel Jackson wear a wig? Yeah, I'd say he probably does because he's bald in most <laughs> yeah. of his roles. I'd say, uh, what was it? Um, Goodfellas. I guess Juice. I say Goodfellas. He's got the obvious uh, male pattern baldness going on. He's even got it in uh, True Romance. I forgot about That's that. Where he talks about uh, eating the butt. He eats everything. <laughs> and then gets shot. He gets shot yeah, in like yeah. five seconds. He discussed uh, a pimp played by Gary Oldman. Like, I don't believe in that sex act. <laughs> Shoot you in the face. Uh, he doesn't have a disease. He has his family has a history of Alzheimer's. So apparently, he's made a movie uh, about about that. So he's healthy and in fighting shape, and will still destroy Hiro in hand to hand combat. I'll fuck him up, and you will both forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Oh, I'm kind of impressed with this. Yeah, you know, we we struggled with a little Redford action on our uh, earlier episodes. You know, a few weeks or a month prior, but uh, my clock has us at 20 minutes and 10 seconds, and I feel like we barely we barely touched of, uh, on, the, on the movie. Could could Sam Jackson beat up Pyro? <laughs> what didn't we like about it? <laughs> this, this fight we're trying to set up in our minds. Let me ask you a question: If you can put yourself in the mindset way back when, when they were. Either one of you watched it for the first time. Uh, is it too obvious who the rat is in this movie? Did that was did that need to be a twist? Did it even did you even consider it when you watched it the first time? Because they they seem to get rid of you know Mister Blue, Mister Brown so quickly. You're really only talking about four characters here. I have to think about that one. Um... I, I didn't. You couldn't have been expecting Mr. Blue was, to come uh, like flying through the window with like the cops or something. It was yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, great at putting these puzzle pieces together, so it was fine to me. Uh, I, you, you get them narrowed down. Obviously, you know, Mr. Blonde didn't do it. Uh, as they go on and on down the list, but I mean. It's fine and at what me. point in the movie, got, um, what minute mark did you all pay attention? When do they actually reveal? Because as soon as we get, you know, uh, obviously, like, we've had backstories. It's about halfway because, 
like half the, half the movie is sort of the who done it, and the other half is is mm. reconciling with that, right? Fighting with the cop and the the, the Mexican standoff, all that stuff. But they play it's, fair. It's how like, long can when we go to the flashbacks from yeah. Mr. White? It's him meeting with Joe, Mr. Blonde, out of prison. Uh, both of them in history. It's not like they showed us a flashback with Mr. Orange where they just showed his meeting with Joe and then they double back later and show a flashback with him as a cop preparing for that. I, I do right. appreciate that. They, they don't, they're not really sort of building it up to be like some sort of major twist. They are cutting off someone's, well, the someone's is... ear off, you know, when they do reveal that he's a cop, though. <laughs> the suspense goes from who did it to how is this going to resolve itself because you've got people in these uh, difficult positions. It's like, how's he going to get out of it now? Gut shot like, and laying there bleeding to death. So. <laughs> gut shot mm. cop with a bunch of maniacs. Yeah, that's a lot of blood that he's like laying, and it's like viscous. I don't know what I want the. You can bleed for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, you know, Mister White says you're going to wish you were dead, and then he, you know, brushes his hair. But you can live for a long yeah. time with this thing. Uh, I may have been overstating it a little bit. Um. I think every time I watch this, the cop that gets his ear cut off, I am amazed that, you know, he goes through that torture and thinks he's about to be set on fire. Um, and as soon as he is saved by some miracle, uh, that the guy that's bleeding death actually is alive, wakes up and shoots Mr. Blonde as attacker. He's like, Oh yeah, I remember you. Yeah. We met once. I knew, I knew you were the cop all along. Like, I'm not saying that him outing it was going to save his life from Mr. Blonde. Cause I don't even think he was asking him questions about who the rat is, but he <laughs> no, was just there to torture him. But I am always amazed. Yeah. Like, I don't think I, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't really have that, uh, character or one dude I met once. I won't play every card oh, no. to see if I can, <laughs> I can keep my ears. Maybe, um, you know, I'm just impressed with I'll that. tell you who the rat is right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm going to cut your ear off anyway. I don't give a shit. Do him first. <laughs> hey, kill him first. Give me more wiggle time. <laughs> I was disgusted, but I mean, you've recorded long enough with this. This can't be a surprise to you. Mm. The quick no. betrayals. I would have uh, ratted him out pretty early. You should be impressed, though, that when uh, it's offered to betray you on this podcast and your third chair, um, that Jared and I recoil with disgust. I want to say that's more about her than it is about me. You know what I mean? Like it's it's less love for for me and Let's my not participation. Dive too deep into it. It's more disgust at her behavior. You see, you hand Hyro a slice of cake on a piece on a plate, and he slaps <laughs> the shit right out of your hand. <laughs> Get this fucking cake what out I'm of my face! I'm saying is, we need to start the audition process proper. Just do a little better vetting. <sighs> it's going to be like truth. Survivor. You're going to go to podcast island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll bring in somebody to compete with you. Good luck. <laughs> Like you said, the rogues gallery of idiots is going to show he up. He speaks from experience. <laughs> I don't tried to do that. It's all terrible. I, don't, I really don't see how we ever get any Iron. like negative reviews or anything. I don't understand why. There's a one star. Why on millions there. are not listening to this? It's so terrible out there. Apparently, there's a lot of shit out God. there. From what you say, so, like. It really is. It really, I don't know what what it's from. It's something stuck in my mind, but it is. It could be from Simpsons. It could be from a movie. I don't know. But it's a character that just laments sadly. He's being t- totally genuine. Uh, that's a sad state of affairs because everyone is stupid but me. And I have that thought when I listen to other <laughs> movie podcasts. 
I should do. I should Especially do a uh, podcast hosted uh, by like a, a master like trailer of all the things we feature on Marcus played right now. Like, listen to this shit. Listen. Can- <laughs> <laughs> it becomes instead of consuming and appreciating, it's basically a roast. It's Mystery Science Theater for podcasts. Listen to this fucking oh. idiot. <laughs> That was there was not a large audience for that, Jared. For two men who are mm. very unenthused about the <laughs> very thing they set out to do, no one's asking for it. No one was paying us a to do podcast it. about podcasts, <laughs> and, and it really reached its peak when there, people were like chastising us for the thing, dude. We got DMs for highlighting for using a clip without their permission. And all we were doing was saying, so is, wouldn't you want hey, that? check out this show. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't think it was like a, it wasn't like we we're stealing from NPR. Where no, it's we like, had a rule that we like, we kept it at like, they had to have like 400 followers or less on Twitter or something like that. Yeah. Like we had a rule. Just regular people like us. And trying to give you free exposure, we got dumbass. <laughs> we got lectured. And the, the thing Sassed. that pissed me off more is um, they came to the conclusion like, it's like they were having a one-sided argument. Like, we we didn't really engage. Mm. That, um, since they used movie clips, they were basically doing the same thing without permission from people who actually copyright, you know, trademark the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. So as long as we mm-hmm. cited where we got it from and put links, the show notes, which we had already done, Jared, they were okay with it. So everything we had already done, as long as yeah. we kept doing that. And I think that's when I... Well, the same shit that you've been doing, I mean... It's always bad. <laughs> I'm pissed. Hyro has but, to be the steady yeah. hand and, like, calm me down, because I was fucking enraged. I was like, I mean, yeah. I could not... I'm fucking <laughs> spitting, like, sending him screenshots, like, have you seen this shit? And I... That was the end of Marcus Played. <laughs> no more of that! Did I send you a finished episode or something, oh, and then you just Lord. refused to post it? Yeah. James Gandolfini I'm or something? <laughs> Like fuck this! <laughs> I'm not punching this out of my shit. hand. Is what I'm handing it to you. Just more silver cinema. That's all. I mean, I I really am like as Hyro can attest. I've started putting here's here's the the flight plan for silver cinema. And if we get to what was it two two thousand twenty six, which I have to pre record these so that one of you doesn't die in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, that we'll have like two hundred and fifty episodes released in one year. So like I just want to. Oh infest the internet with as much silver cinema as possible. You're going to fucking listen and you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, like bees going in your mouth. Mm. Or out your ass. Thank you for listening. Look forward to it. <laughs> we did 28 minutes on Reservoir Dogs. And <laughs> so Barely let's, touched let's about talk it. about Let's talk about me. Let's talk about, let's talk about how everybody problems. else sucks and I'm awesome. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm drunk. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. I loved it. Might as well be the title on your book, your biography. I loved every second of that. What? I'm going to love listening to this at work. I'm like, man, this podcast is great. <laughs> I agree with everything this guy says. I, I rule, and everybody else sucks. 
Reservoir Dogs. Damn near perfect That's movie. A healthy worldview. <laughs> Harvey Cottel could have been better. Tim Roth. Fuck them. Get them out of here. <laughs> I'm perfect. <That's> a- though. <laughs> Somebody dares to criticize this podcast. Shut the fuck up! That's all we do is shit on people as a as a hobby. It's always the last recording. The reservoir Dogs, Tarantino there obviously has talent and a gift for using actors, but I was never really sure what he thought the point of this movie was. There are too many scenes of behavior and no scenes of insight. And as the guys assemble back at the warehouse, there's too much talk from characters who should really be unconscious or mad with pain instead of giving us all that dialogue. I liked the movie as far as it went. I wanted it to go further and try more. I had the same reaction, Roger. I thought it was a lot of an exercise in style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got that really quick. I mean, I understand what he's trying to do here, which yeah. is to which is to show things in crime movies that crime movies uh, don't show. Mm-hmm. For example, the sloppiness, the humor. Uh, but we get that within 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then the movie doesn't have anything more to say. There is one scene in the movie that has a life of its own, and that's when Michael Madsen is dancing around and torturing that poor cop who's tied to the chair. And it's a very, very violent scene. In fact. This whole movie is very violent, yes. but I felt that a scene like that was using action instead of just all of this dialogue. The rest of the movie is, is empty. It is empty, and, and that's the problem. There, it isn't about anything, and I know that style is very important, and I know that other uh, crime films can be stodgy, and this can seem fresh by itself, but basically, you get the point real quickly, and there's nothing more to say. Okay, our video pick of the week is next. A superb film that dramatizes one of the frightening episodes in the world of the Playboy Empire.